Hello, I'm Kenza, and this is the Finding Space podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Finding Space podcast. This week, I talked to former World Tour rider and founder of Legion Cycling Team, Justin Williams. Justin opens up about more challenging parts of his career, and he also explains how he's not trying to change the sport, rather rebuild it. Enjoy! Yeah, when I was really young, there was a lot of pressure to like win for my dad. And I remember like having teammates that were just as good as me, if not, you know, better at different kinds of riding. Um, and yeah, it's just like even from a young age, like I could feel there was always like this pressure. There was always a sense of like, you, you got to get it done or you're going to be in trouble. You got to get it done. Like I remember one time I, I let my teammate win, win the race and like I say let, but I helped him win this race, and my dad was so mad at me. He was like, well, if you're not here to race, like, we're just going to go home. And I was supposed to do, like, the Category 3 race later on in the day, um, and I didn't get to race. Like, we had, we went home. Like, he was so mad he went home. And, like, it, like, had this effect on me where I was like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I can have friends. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because, like, you know, my the director of my junior team is telling me, like, be a good teammate like take turns you guys are like the best guys here but you guys have to work together uh, some days is going to be your days and some days is not and like my dad's like and that's out of context too my dad's because I don't know what my dad's issue was with that particular person or like that person's parents like I'm sure there was something else going on that I didn't see but I was a kid like the only thing I'm seeing is like I'm helping my teammate and I'm getting in trouble for it and like I didn't understand why were you conscious of this isn't good for me? I need to change, or did you just sort of push no, through and hide it? Yeah, I just pushed through and hit it. I think that's you know, if there's one thing that I've been taught in cycling, it's it's for the most part of my career, it's been like you just push through and hide things. You like it's hard to be emotional in the sport because no one wants to hear it. Um, there there isn't a very it's not a, a space where you're allowed to kind of project those like feelings and like you know whatever the case may be like people don't take it well it's like a very do your job and shut up kind of environment sometimes and I don't think it's very fair to people and I don't think it's healthy for people either at that point when you were at the sort of junior level did you have a goal in your mind were you trying to get to the spring classics on a world tour team were you trying to win a national like where were you trying to get or were you just yeah going man. through the motions being part of a team getting better no 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 like i had like these massive like expectations of myself and like those were unhealthy because i didn't really know the roadmap on getting there like i, I wanted to do peru bay like that was my thing like i went to the world championships like i, I love the tour but like i never wanted to do the tour i was like 21 days i was like i don't know if that's for me but i was like but these one day classics like i had i knew i could push myself like really far and i could dig like a massive hole in like one day um so i always wanted to do the one day classics and stuff and i was like so blindly arrogant as a kid and like thinking i was gonna like how i was gonna get there i think it was possible but i think m in my head how i was gonna get there it wasn't you know what i mean that wasn't the way it was gonna ha it was gonna happen so yeah man i always that was that was those were my goals yeah. and sort of having those goals and sort of being this just I guess, ignorant or idle, sort of mm -hmm. confident rider, doing really well, going through the sort of stages of 
improving and getting to a high level at what point did you start feeling like this isn't an environment where black riders are going to be pushed oh. forward or or was that something that didn't come till later? Was it straight yeah, away? Yeah, I kind of was protected a lot of my junior career. I turned pro when I was 17 on rock racing. And when I turned pro, I had like these amazing people around me. Like amazing, like uh, Sterling Magnell, Rasan Bahati, Jeremiah Wiskovich, like um, Mariano Friedrich. Like I had all these guys, like even Frankie Andreo. He was my director, my director for one year. Um, and I just had so many amazing people around me that kind of like blinded me like i was kind of just like naively going through the sport like oh yeah man it's great i'm on rock racing i get to do like kind of what i want like it was like very true like because michael ball was like a fashion guy like it was very true to my nature and like it was very true to like where i had grown up like everything that i thought was important was important on rock racing and then when rock racing ended that's when everything kind of like rolled into my like that's where all reality struck um and then i went to an i went to another team i went to live strong and the environment was completely different like i was always the baby on rock racing like i knew my place like i was like all right when i get a chance to win i'm gonna win like and they would come to me like i won a pro race when i was you know 17 because the team came to me and was like try to come around rasan <laughs> you know what i mean and it was great because he had to go early kind of thing so i got lucked out um, and I won a race, I won a pro race, but then I got to live strong and I was the expectation. I don't even know what the expectation of me was like rock racing had ended. I hadn't done a race for six months because like the team fell apart mid year. Um, and I was like the last person on the totem pole. So I wasn't racing. I was, I was the junior on the team. Um, I hadn't raced for six months and my first race on live strong was going to be Qatar and Oman. So I'm going from racing like these these crit. I'm going from racing essentially racing crits to doing the Tour of Oman, Tour of Qatar. And I was like, you know, I'm this like you said, like this oblivious kid. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll just train a little bit harder. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just train a little bit how harder. How far is it? I'll, It'll I'll be do great. That. Yeah, <laughs> so it's two days. It's two weeks. It's 14 days of racing, um, at a pro tour level, and like that was going to be my like first step into like racing and like the expectations of me i didn't know what they were because the people on that team were incredible like it was like ben king who's pro tour it was ben king australia who's like under 23 australian national time trial champion it's like jesse surgeon who's like he i think he already had an olympic medal <laughs> at that point taylor finney alex dowsett like the team was like my team, that team was incredible like those guys are wow and, like, that was the team I was on. And, like, I wasn't one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had, like, an under-23 national crit championship. Like, that was, like, the extent of my resume. And those guys were, like, incredible. Like, had already been, like, dominating. They were, like, going pro tour. You know but, what I mean? But that must have been quite a, an amazing feeling to be like, okay, I'm around these people now. And Or it, was uh, it a negative to you? It, to me, it, it just, like, to me, it felt like I didn't belong. Really? Yeah. And like, I, and maybe I didn't. Like, and now that I look back on it, like, maybe I didn't belong. And like, but that, those insecurities were never like, I didn't have a director, you know, to be like, no, no, like, you're here for a reason. This is what we expect from you. There's never that, like, th that introduction and that, like, feel that, like, you don't get like pep talks in cycling. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't get like, there's no reassurance. 
kind of thing and like that's kind of what it was i was just there like i i didn't know why i was there i was just there and like maybe my blind confidence got me there but at the same time like it was it was a re- it was really a struggle in the situation where um you know people were telling me like just finish kind of thing and like you you start to get these mental games going on like just finish the race or like you're going to get dropped but like you know you just got to make time cut and when you're hearing all of those things like and you like don't feel like you belong there like it starts to play games with your head you know so did tour got to the tour of uh qatar did like pretty well surprisingly like i remember on the first day we were riding like i think i was like the third group or something in in the uh first day um but i just remember riding like 40 miles an hour with like 15k to go like like 40 41 miles an hour and i was like oh my god this is insane and we're like a small team we didn't have like I'm sure people had like 55 chain rings on, 54s, at very least 54s, and we had like 52s. So I was like spinning 110 RPM, like 40 miles an hour, like holding on for dear life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then like I got my shit together, um, and then the next couple of days I was like in the top 20. Like I was riding really good, and I was like, I just like took it on. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Like I'm riding okay. Like I'm good. Like Jesse had come up to me and be like, dude, you're like just as strong as anybody on the team. Like, don't let anyone like kind of talk you down kind of thing. And I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm going for it. And like second day, I think it was like 22nd or something like 26, 20. I was like in that area. And then one day I remember being behind um, John Murphy and we were going into like three K to go or something. And I was, we were like top 15 and I was like, all right, we're, I'm sitting top 15. I'm on Murphy's wheel. Like, he's American. Like, I think I could probably be at him <laughs> at this point. Like, just arrogant me. And then, like, we're going, we're going. I'm like, all right, I know, like, we're full tilt. Like, I'm holding on the wheel. Like, I can't step out into the wind yet. I got, like, just enough for a kick. And, um, and like, guys start peeling off. Like, now I'm, like, in 10th place. And it's, like, 1K to go. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is it. I'm going to win. <laughs> I like that. And then this AG2R guy is coming backwards and he tries to like push into the line and he hits John and just like f- like falls off of him. Like he just like literally like he like rolls into John and his bike just folds under him. And I was like, oh, and obviously I panic and hit the brake. And I think that day I was like 20th and I was like, that was my moment. Uh. That was it. Like I should have did it and it didn't happen. Um but it was so fun and it was so cool. And then, like, I started to feel like, oh, yeah, like, I, I belong. Yeah. Like, this is it. Like, this is cool. And then I remember on the last day of Tour Qatar, I was just, like, riding a bit aggressive. And, like, this is where, like, for me as a black person in the sport, like, it can be really isolating. Mm. Because it's riding aggressive because I wanted to get a good result and I had felt like I had, I felt like I was consistently up there. So I was like, all right, like, maybe I'll get a little bit of respect, of respect and even if I don't, like, Taylor Finney has said, like, dude, I'm gonna try to get you to the front and see what you can do. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then like, you know, after the race, I didn't get the result that I wanted. It was like maybe the legs were a little bit cooked. It was like day six or something or seven. So maybe the legs were cooked and I didn't get the result that I wanted. But like someone had made like a racial racial comment. Like someone had called me like a crazy monkey. And like In the Peloton. In the Peloton. And then like I didn't know what to do about it because like obviously like I'm the only black guy in the race i'm the only i felt like i'm the only black guy in the sport at this point and like no one i didn't think anyone was going to defend me or like have my back 
So I kind of just had to sit with that. You know what I mean? And like, kind of like put me in this space where I started looking at everyone around me. Like, do you like, do you motherfuckers feel the same way? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is is this what's happening? Because everyone's, it's all fun and games when like guys like are telling, like we're just being guys and like people are shooting the shit and we're telling jokes. Like there's a black joke in there and it's like, it's not a big deal because like you guys are my friend. But then when someone like maliciously says something like that and no one has anything to say, then it starts to feel like, wait, like are those jokes like, do they have some truth to them? So like that was like a really hard time for me. And how did you even start trying to deal with that? Because you're not only are you in the pressures of a young athlete trying to prove yourself performance wise, you're now having to deal with this whole space where you feel isolated. I just felt super alone. And like, it's funny because like all of the, the big guys, the pro tour guys were always like super nice, man. Like I remember meeting Fabian Conchalar and like at one of the dinners and he was like amazing. Um, but like there's some, there's people that are trying to make their way through the sport that are nasty, man. And like, I, I just felt very alone. I felt very alone. And like as nice as anyone could have been, like I was still the only person that could understand like what it felt like to be. And did you talk to anyone about it? I didn't, maybe I didn't go about it in the right way. I sent my team an email and I was like, man, I'd really appreciate it if you guys didn't like tell any more black jokes. I was like, I just, you know, I wrote this long email and I just sent it to everyone, including the director. And I was like, dude, I just don't want to deal with this anymore because if, 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 if there's any negative feelings in the Peloton, like you guys is like my family shouldn't be like putting that kind of stuff on me. It's going to make it harder to like work with you guys basically. And like literally, you know, after that, I just struggled for the rest of the like, I just struck everything felt like it was hyper. Everything felt more like um, personal. And I just like the next race, I got like sick and I, like Oman. I got sick. I like couldn't keep anything down, like emailed the director. And I was like, hey, man, like, I don't feel very good. Like, I can't I can't I haven't been eating. All, I've been up all night. I haven't been sleeping. And, and his response was just like, just try to finish the race. And I was just like, I don't know what the, f- I don't know what that means, man. Like I'm telling you that I'm like not feeling good. And then I just spent the rest of that race, kind of moping around and like, yeah. all, and, and alone really. I was just alone. It's which, crazy. Which is not a healthy. Which is not place exactly the opposite. Like I remember being in the hotel in Oman, and I walked to the furthest side of the hotel, and I just like sat on like a beach chair. Wow. Like that was it and then like having a lot, and then it's embarrassing man like having to like go get my bike packed up and everything like i have to, you have to walk through all the teams and like what was this amazing experience of being this pro rider and seeing all of like the quick step bikes and seeing all of like and then seeing my bike like this amazing experience kind of turned into those like very dark like i don't want to be here moment like this is not what i want to do because i'm like walking through and like people are asking you like oh why didn't you finish Oh, why, what's wrong with you kind of thing. And like they have no idea like the build up that got me there. And then they have no idea and like almost don't want to hear the excuse, quote unquote, of like, oh, I, I wasn't feeling good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though like the week before I was performing like on a pretty good level the week after, like it, it's you're only as good as your last race in cycling, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Definitely. And did you feel did you feel like because you were the only black athlete in the peloton and you were very isolated did you feel like you were having to perform more to sort of prove yourself 
I felt like that in others, not in that situation in particular. And like, to be honest, I, I know that cycling is hard on everyone. Um, but with in being black and coming from America and like the systems that kind of like oppress black people here, like going in that situation, it feels very, very personal. But like, I know for a fact that I have teammates of every kind of color and every kind of, you know, I've had teammates from every kind of place that they feel the same way. Like they, they have their own struggles also, but it just feels like because of where I'm from, it felt like very, it felt very like magnified and felt very personal to me. And that's all I've ever known. Right. Like if something happens to you in America and you're black, like if I, if I get pulled over by the cops, which I have on multiple occasions just for being black, um, you know it's because you're black. You know, that's like, that's a very specific to you thing. So like when it was happening in cycling, I automatically associated it with like me being black, even though like I, it could have had nothing to do with me being black or maybe it did. And like, that's, that's also a mental thing where like you're struggling with like, you want to trust these people. You want to like, you want to believe that there's good in the world. But like at the same time, you've been taught your whole life that like you're treated a certain way because of like the way you look. And like that was like really, really hard. And do you think the fact that you were completely on your own, that you had no one, there was no one else that you could be like, you've been through the same thing. Another black athlete that you could go and be like in the peloton. Do you think that would have been something that you would have drawn to or you wouldn't have? Yeah, I think that it would have helped. Um, I think, I, I know it would have helped. You know what I mean? Just like having someone that understands and like you can just shoot the shit together with each other. You can like you have someone to lean on, and like even having one person to lean on is very it's super important. You obviously now mentor riders and um, helping younger riders come through. Do you think that there's still? I mean, there's obviously still basically no diversity in the sport <laughs> when it comes to ethnicity. Yeah, but it is there any appeal for? black riders to try and break into it because of the kind of the way things operate right now in cycling just people of color in general um i think they come into the sport and they just have a bad taste in their mouth and they don't want any part of it even if they continue to ride bikes which a lot of them do they just do it on their own time they do it on they they find their own thing like they don't need to race yeah. they don't need to do like fondos or anything they're just like i just love i just love my bike I understand all of the benefits that comes with riding my bike. It makes me feel good, and they just stick. They just stay in their own lane, um, and that's like what I see a lot. Of, like, there's a lot of people of color in LA, in particular, that ride bikes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they ride bikes all every weekend. I see like a ton of people, but they're not trying to be in the environment where like they want to. They're they're pretending like they're better than someone, or because they ride a better bike than somebody they feel like they're above them or because they have a better week on the bike you know they're riding good on a day they you know want to or they have more experience or more years on the bike they're like well i'm better than you kind of thing and i feel like cycling has this like weird attitude about needing to be better than the other person instead of just enjoying the other person and that has like a lot to do with the competitive side like it's it's really hard man because cycling is this like beautiful colorful thing where like there's so many personalities so many people from different backgrounds it's like amazing for networking and for the most part like the people that aren't competitive uh are are great like 
yeah. the environment is great. Um, but then you have these people that like kind of ruin it, like these older, like older generation of like this is the way it was, and this is our little bubble, and we want to keep it our little bubble, or like I'm better than you because I can afford it. There's those people, and those people just really drive people away and it, it can never be mainstream with like those kind of people at the forefront of the sport and like i don't know we're human the negative the negative always shines the brightest um and you just have like a lot of these misconceptions on like what it's like to be a person who rides a bike i've asked a few cyclists that why there's this sort of i don't know if it's like a macho thing that is stuck in the sport a toxic or masculinity yeah just like <laughs> oh you've got to be trying really hard yeah. you've got to push yourself you can't be happy if you yeah. if you're happy you're not, you're not trying gonna hard win enough. yeah you're not trying hard you yeah if cut. you're if you're Sagan and you're and you're happy you're fine yeah but if you're a guy that's not winning all the time and you're and you're and you're happy about what you, what you're doing and where you are. Like people look at look down on you. And I just feel like if you took all of that out and everyone was enjoying it and having fun, one the sport wouldn't change. Yeah. There would always be a winner. Yeah. People would follow it. Yeah. And people are going to engage with it more. Like why do we have to have 100%. why is why does it have to be so serious? Anyone that makes it to a pro tour level is is ama- is an amazing athlete. Yeah. Like they're incredible to to the amount of commitment it takes to go pro tour to learn the craft to learn the like tactics to learn the positioning to learn everything like you need all of that to be pro tour you can't just have the legs you got to have like other things about you um they're amazing um but it seems like the environment that they we all grow up in uh kind of like teaches you that like you can be all those things and you can make it to that level and it's still not enough and like that's that's pretty sad you know what I mean? You should be. You should enjoy every minute of putting a pro toy jersey on, and it feels like no matter how good people get, and you see it all the time. You see like Marcel Kittle, Marcel Kittle just quit cycling because his he said his quality of life wasn't at the level. And think about that. That's like one of the best sprinters in the world. He was the best sprinter in the world at one time. He quit the sport because his quality of life wasn't good. And you've almost created the thing that you didn't have. Exactly. That you were, when you were in Amman and you were getting that abuse, you didn't have anyone to go, how did you deal with this? Exactly. And now you've created that here and hopefully that will grow. Um, did you sit down at the beginning and have like ideas of what you wanted to achieve? Or do you have that now? Do you? Yeah. Um, I think just all the experiences I've had. Like I, I, Rasan Bahadi was a writer that was, you know, he was pro before me. He was the guy above me. You know, he's black and he and I've watched him go through a lot. And I've watched the way people reacted to him and, and, the, and the way they've talked to him and, and like the the opportunities he's gotten and the opportunities that he's missed. Right. And that's because of his personality. Um, he all of that has like shaped me to who I am. Like all of everything that I've been through has shaped me to who I am. Like I understand how to play the game. I have an idea of how to move. I know what partners I want to work with. I know what companies like don't get it and will never get it. And I try to stay clear from them. So like everything that I'm doing is is because of I didn't have that. Like I didn't have that. It's more than just a person at this point. It's it's like I didn't have that thing that I could connect to that made me felt like I belong. And like that's what Legion is. Like it's it's something that you should be able to connect to 
anybody should be able to connect to because like going back to what we talked about earlier like i have friends that are are white i have friends that are australian i have friends that are like all these different from all these different places that they have the same struggle as me it's just more personal to me because i've dealt with it my whole life rather than just in this sport you know what i mean and legion is supposed to be a place where everyone can come and feel like they belong you know it doesn't matter where you're from it's not a i always say this like it's not a black or white thing to me anymore it, or maybe it ne- it's never been but it, it comes off like that because i'm black and because i'm pushing this thing that i like that is very personal to me and like it's but it's not that it's i want to make american cycling better like i have friends that are american that are white that are in cycling that have quit cycling because they felt like they didn't belong or they they were treated a certain way um you know and they were like they were just abused out of the sport and like this is for everyone like legion is for everyone you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm happy to be the face of it. I'm happy to be black and to be the face of it. But it's for it, it, the end game is that it's just to make cycling in America better. And not that I don't like European cycling, but I think that the Euros have a system and a culture that is like his, it's, it's steeped in history. It is what it is. Like, they can have that. I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it. And like everyone I've ever known, like that's in this sport. I grew up I grew up in this sport with everyone trying to be European. Like I feel like I could respect the European form of racing and respect your uh, is respect European culture and not want it for myself. Like I don't, you know, that's why I'm not trying to race in Europe right now. I don't want to go live like in Belgium by myself without my family or like, you know what I mean, my friends, and then like have to race in these races in this crazy weather. I live in California, man. My, the weather here is beautiful year <laughs> round. Like if I could race in California year round, I would, and I'm sure a lot of other people would also. Like, I want that. Like, I want to create something where, like, everything else that we create in America, like, creates this this, rev, this stream of revenue that, like, allows people to, like, make a real living off of this sport. You know what I mean? And, like, that's where I'm going. Like, that's what I want to help. Even if I don't build it, I want to help be the spark that pushes it in that direction. Obviously, you are pushing diversity in the sport. But it seems like, as you say, you're truly trying to create a culture that is just the new way that people can come and enjoy it. What we're building is so much bigger. It's so much more than winning a bike race. Like you don't get it if you think it's all about winning. Like and you and, and honestly, most people don't see the work that I put in outside of the bike. You know what I mean? And like that's probably why they think like I'm sure people are like, why does this guy have so much attention? But like I'm I'm working at like, you know, till like four o'clock in the morning on pitch decks. I'm yeah. like putting things together to like get in front of children, you know what I mean? So that they can like find a love for the sport. So that they can have something to be like, Oh man, like I never thought I never even you know, I've never even see, seen a bike race, much less seen like a black guy that races bikes that wins bike races. Like there's so much stuff beyond just pedaling that I do. You know what I mean? And like they'll get it. Like, I, I have this thing. I have no plans to appeal to anyone that has, like, any negative thoughts about what I'm doing. Like, anyone that thinks, like, what I'm doing doesn't matter, winning the races that I win don't matter, like, that's fine. You can think that all your – you can think that for as long as you want. I have no I, I have no plans to try to appeal to you. Do your thing. Like, I'm appealing to the next generation of people that are going to ride bikes. I'm appealing to the kid that never thought thought of bike racing as, like, a thing. You know what I mean? I never thought of bike riding as a thing. 
those are the people I'm I'm appealing to the new I'm trying to appeal to the new people in the sport because like the the old trying to change someone that has these opinions that are like sometimes like just steep like they it's just because they've been through so much pain and that's the way it is like they're you're never going to change them you know what I mean but even the good part about that is that cycling is falling apart because of people like that and those people are like going out and they're leaving the sport and that's great like continue to like think what you think continue to feel the way you feel like there's a new wave coming in there's a new breed of cyclists happening and that's why you see so many people doing gravel that's why you see so many people doing all these other things is because of that attitude but like we are reaching out to new people and we're trying to like shape their opinions and like get the attention of the new generation of cycling has mental health been a conscious thing that you've approached to talk to people about or i mean maybe not specifically as in like we're going to talk about mental health but yeah. as in making sure that they're in a good headspace the psychology of, of cycling is just as important as the fitness of psychology like you'd be surprised how much better you perform when you're happy we just oh, with the guys on the team we just try to talk, man. Like, I, I can't tell you how many, like, sit-downs we've had. And, like, it's really important to me to, like, make sure everyone's on the same page. And if they're feeling something, they can at least get it out. Because feeling like someone is listening is 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 all the difference. So, like, on our team, literally, like, we've had moments. We've had really hard moments this season. And I've set the guys down. And I said, okay, we need to talk. And it's hard for me because I have to be the like mediator. And I'm like, all right, this is what I'm seeing. This is what's happening. Like, I remember we got to um, New York last year for Harlem, right before the Harlem race. We were, we were sitting and we had a conversation. And I said, I don't feel like you guys have each other's backs. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like you guys are are trying to be better than one another. Or you guys are trying to, like, create this hierarchy that doesn't exist. I was like, I'm the boss. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all that matters. It's like you guys need to treat each other with respect. Like none of you guys come above or under one another. I said, like, we need to talk. We need to talk it out. Like, oh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? You know what I mean? And we had we have those awkward, hard conversations. But like, dude, like immediately after you see people like start, they just start helping each other more. Hey, man, do you need anything? Hey, man, like that stuff is that's important. And that's why we are where we are, because we built this family environment where it's like if you're if you're not comfortable with saying how you feel yet, we'll get you there because you have to be heard. And once you're heard, like we can all have fun again. And once it's fun again, we'll perform. It's 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 a cycle of positivity. It, like it works. Thank you for listening. If you would like to see the portraits from this week's episode, please go to findingspace.cc. For more interviews like this, please subscribe to the Finding Space podcast. But more importantly, if this story resonated with you, please share. The more we engage with the topic of mental health, the further we can go to break down the stigma.